Well, good morning and welcome to First Church. Um, and this is a kind of hard without a pulpit. <laughs> and, uh, um, well, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> oh, my. Yep. All right. Let's try that then. Well, uh, welcome to First Church. <laughs> we are so glad to uh, work with you today. If you are new with us this morning, uh, uh, we want to say welcome to you. We are so grateful you are here. I have the honor of introducing uh, the uh, next sermon series called Joseph. Say it with me, Joseph. And what we are doing throughout this series is taking a look at Joseph's life, particularly with uh, three aspects, his purpose, his purity, and his pardon. Purpose, purity, and pardon. It's going to be a great series, and you don't want to miss any single one of these three weeks. I told you last week uh, that I was um, uh, going into um, chemotherapy, and, uh, and uh, boy, did I ever. <laughs> uh, it's like the enemy said, uh, well, this is the last shot to make him suffer, and I'm kind of making counts, <laughs> but uh, by the grace of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm done, <laughs> I'm finished, <laughs> I'm through. <laughs> I never want to go through that again, <laughs> and never want to go through that again, <laughs> and praise God uh, for his um, uh, healing uh, touch. Uh, the chemotherapy really has wiped me out this week, but I have a reserve. <laughs> I have a backup that's twice as good as I'll ever, ever be. <laughs> uh, lest you are new with us this morning, uh, you know Pastor Simone. And if you are new with us, um, you're in for a real treat. <laughs> uh, for the last four weeks, uh, we, uh, uh, Simone and I have co-preached, and it was like the uh, 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 getting uh, 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 her on a roll, and uh, all of a sudden I cut her off. <laughs> well, baby, uh, you have the whole pulpit to yourself this morning, so let it fly. <laughs> I uh, I have said before, and I will say it again. I don't know where I would be uh, without my wife. <laughs> She has literally uh, done my job for the last 10 months, uh, maybe even longer than that. <laughs> uh, she has answered our calls, wrote my emails, attended a meeting with me. She has started a brand new ministry, led prayer meetings, called us to daily prayer. She is a full-time PhD student, a full-time uh, uh, a dissertation writer and a full-time mother. She is the definition of love, joy, peace, and patience with me during this last 10 months. I am so eternally grateful for all she has done, for all she has been. I want to say that in front of everybody this morning, I love you, Simone. And I don't know where I would be without you by my side. 
would you all show her the honor and the respect oh. that she is doing by welcoming oh. Pastor Simone? Oh, I love you. I love you. Hmm. Um, before I begin the sermon this morning, don't go anywhere. I actually want you to, um, for this sermon, I'm just going to need it. I just feel I'm going to need it. And so um, I, I'm going to ask your senior pastor to just pray over me. I want to remain under authority and submission for this sermon specifically. Uh, and so I just want you to pronounce a blessing over me. <laughs> um, bless her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> I receive it. I receive it. All right. Well, I'm so excited to be here this morning and to preach the word of God. As I mentioned last week, man, there's just nothing, absolutely nothing that makes me most excited than to preach the word of God. And so, oh, I am so excited this morning. We get to uh, begin talking about purpose, talking about living into your purpose. And so the story of Joseph is just fabulous. It's just a great illustration of one man who had an amazing plan, God's plan for his life. And he came into a position of authority later in life, a position of power, and he was greatly used by God. But as a man who was greatly used by God, I want you to kind of notice what happens along his life. Because the enemy knows, man, this is a great person right here. So guess what? Oh, I'm going to devise some strategies to keep him down. And this is what I want you to notice that happens in each one of our lives who are destined to live into our God-given purpose, to step into our God-given destiny. Well, guess what? The enemy is going to devise certain strategies to keep us away from fulfilling our mission in life. And so here's what I want you to kind of like work with me, okay, and, and kind of remember the story of Joseph very briefly. Joseph uh, had 11 brothers, and none of them liked him. He was the favorite one. And one day they looked at him and said, hey, we got to get rid of this dude. So let's throw him into a cistern. And they did. They threw him into this pit. And then later on he was taken to Egypt. In Egypt, he found favor with God, and he became the attendant of one of the officers of Pharaoh. Wow, in this place of authority and position, you would think that things now would start going well, but no, all of a sudden things turn quickly, and from one little pit, now he finds himself in a bigger pit. He is sent to prison for two whole years, and for the entire time that he is in prison, oh man, he is like God. God gives him the gift of dream interpretation. God, God gives him favor. Listen to what the scripture says in, in, in Genesis 39. You can, I don't know if the, the screen is working. Oh, there we go. Uh, it says that while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the enemy is like, okay, I'm going to devise one pit, but that's not good enough. I'm going to devise a bigger pit and you're going to get stuck right there. And even in the storm, as Jeff was saying, even in the pit, God was still with Joseph. Well, Joseph gets out. He begins to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. And now he finds himself second in command in the entire country of Egypt. His family, we know the story. There's a big famine. And through this famine in the land, now his family comes all the way from Canaan to Egypt in search of food. 
And when they get to Egypt, whoa, lo and below, they find their brother. They don't recognize Joseph, but Joseph does. And through a series of events, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And, and the brothers are like, oh my, like, we try to kill this guy. We sold him. He's going to retaliate and he's going to do something bad to us. But listen what Joseph says. He says, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? What you intended to harm me, God intended for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, then don't be afraid. This is what I want you to notice. He gets into the plan of God. Fulfills the purpose for which he was created. But through it all, well, he had to face the pits. He, has to, he had to go into the holes. And perhaps you find yourself there today because you are trying to live into the purpose for which you were created. And the enemy is like, oh, guess what? First, let me try to throw you into one of these holes. And yesterday we heard some statistics that every local church will have at least one-third of all the members going through one of these situations and difficulties in life. And these holes look very different from, for all of us. Some of them look like illness. Others look like depression, anxiety, fear, hopelessness, relational conflict, financial loss. Oh, the list goes on and on. Shame, condemnation, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. And all these holes, the enemy just wants to, to dump you there and, and for you to be stuck there. So that he can stop you from fulfilling the purpose for which you were created. You see, the scriptures tells us that we are workmanship of God, created for good works, which he has already in advance prepared for us to do. But the enemy, no, 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 I want you to stay right here on this side, in the hole. And he devises all these holes for us to fall into. The truth is that as long as we walk on this side of eternity, there will be holes that we have to face. But here's the truth. That though the weapon may be forged against you, the word of God tells us that no weapon will prevail. And that is the good news that we have. The enemy may try to stick it and may try to throw us into these holes. But guess what? By the power and grace of God, we are overcomers. We are more than victors. Victory is ours and we are on the winning side. So that is who we are, despite all the holes and that we may have to face. So this morning, I just want to share with you some secrets or maybe some things that, um, that Joseph, I'm sure, recognized and implemented in his life when he found himself in the pit, when he found himself in the hole. And I don't speak, honestly, from something I learned in a book. I don't speak from a position of, like, all the information I've gained. This is actually, like, what I had to endure and what I had to face as well. And so I speak from experience here. But he's here, here's the secret, okay, which I'm sure that Joseph knew. And it comes from this verse in Isaiah, which I'm going to read. Isaiah chapter 54. It says this, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. 
Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Sing. Sing. That's the first thing that this word is telling us to do. Though we may find ourselves in a hole or in a pit or going through a difficult situation, the word tells us, sing. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to thank him already for the victory that is coming. Begin to praise him and say, Lord, thank you that in a few moments, in a few months or in a few days, I will no longer be in this situation. So make preparation in your heart and begin to praise the Lord regardless of what situation you may be, fi- be in. You, need, you know, it, 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 I'm, not, I'm not, honestly, I'm not saying, oh, you know, you're not going through a hard time. I'm not saying that. I'm not minimizing the effects and the pain that you're going through. But what I am saying is you must learn to shift your perspective from the problems unto God. And when you praise him, something happens. When you praise him in the good, when you praise him in the bad times, something begins to stir within you. This hope begins to vibrate inside of you. And you shift your perspective. Now, this is what David learned himself because, you know, the scripture tells us, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. In other words, regardless of the circumstance that you find yourself in, begin to praise the Lord for better times are coming. And it is in the praise that we defeat the enemy's voice. The second thing that we are called to do in this passage is to enlarge. In order for us to discover and live into our purpose, we have to enlarge. What does it mean to enlarge? To enlarge means to make bigger. And so this is what the scripture is telling us. We must make God bigger than our problems. We must make God bigger than the circumstances we're in. And how do we make God bigger? God is as big as he's going to be. You know, I mean, like we sang about his greatness today. We sang about how great thou art. How do we make God bigger? I mean, like he's omnipresent, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, which kids, that means like God is super strong and big. Okay, that's what it means. We, how can we make God bigger? We make God bigger in our hearts. That's how we enlarge God. But here's what happens. Maybe there's too much of us in us. For God to come and, hit and, be, and, and for others to be able to see God through us. And so we're like this vase more often than not. And we're kind of like, you know, full of these pebbles and full of these rocks. And there's like a lot of junk in our lives. And a lot of it is none of our fault because we're born with it. Okay, we're born with this kind of human stuff in our human nature. It kind of looks like lust and greed and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and the list goes on and on strife and discord and criticism and we're kind of born with this so it's like right here okay it's like intricately like stuck in you but then things that are done to us cause us to feel shame and it causes us to feel worthless and it causes us to feel lonely and then of course the things that we do you know, to others that hurt them will cause us now to, you know, feel guilt and condemnation and all this yucky stuff with that gets filled up so quickly in our lives. Well, now we got to cover up the pain with something. And so what happens is we develop certain addictions and it's like sexual addictions and food addictions and, well, addictions to technology. And 
substance addictions, you name it, all sorts of addictions because, well, we got to cover up the pain because guess what? All this stuff is like, like, like not, we don't have any more room for God. And God is like, as long as you hold on to this stuff, there's no room for me. So you got to get rid of the junk. But how do we get rid of the junk? We got to enlarge. We got to decide. What are we going to hold in our heart? No wonder we are unable, we sing about the greatness of God. We sing about how great thou art, but God is great out there. Is he great in me? Is his power able to flow through me? Because unless you're, if you're not living a life of joy and love and peace and goodness and faithfulness and self-control and patience and kindness, something is obstructing the flow. And I'm sure it has to do with some of this. And God is like, I want more room. I want more room in your life. Your, your spiritual heart is clogged up. I, I, you got you to gotta get rid of this. You got to get rid of this stuff. And that's why I came to make this supernatural exchange. All these pebbles for my life that now we get to exchange. And when you get rid of this, hey, I come in and I make you all new. And it's not just something that we talk about. It's something that we get to experience and live into because that's part of our purpose as Christians is to be transformed into his image and likeness. And when we allow his spirit to come and say, yeah, sure, I, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this junk. I don't want it in my life any longer. Then ooh, all of a sudden we begin to make room for him. And the more room we make for him, ooh, the, more, the more alive we become. And that's why the scripture tells us, okay, you got to sing. You've got to enlarge. But now you also have to stretch. You've got to stretch. This is the painful part of the process. Because stretching is uncomfortable. I was a runner in college, so I know all about stretching. Okay, like we had to stretch every single day. And it was painful and uncomfortable every day. But it was, if I, were, if I wanted to run well, I, I had to stretch. And most of us are like right here. And God is like, oh, no, no, there's a lot more in you. I want you right here. But to do this, you got to stretch. And I know it's painful and uncomfortable, but there's more I want to give you. There's more you, there's more in you, and you got to go re and reach out and get it. Some of you are like, well, just drop it out of the sky, God. And he's like, no, no, I've already dropped my son out of the sky. Now it's your turn. You go and get it. You go and reach out for your blessings because you got to do the work. He's not going to give it to you and just served in a plate. You've got to stretch. And this is painful. A few years ago, I found myself, man, not just in one hole that the enemy had devised against me. And like a hundred of them. And all of a sudden, I'm like, it, it was a dungeon. It was no prison and no cistern. It was like this massive dungeon. And I'm like looking around and I said, how in the world did I get here? How? How darkness is all I see? What in the world happened? And all of a sudden, God is beginning to reveal my heart and says, do you see your heart? Yeah. It's like... It's like this. It's like to the top of all this junk. Like completely, completely. Like how in the world did I get here? And he says, okay, well, do you see this hurt? Do you see this wound caused by the situation with your sister? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to look at it, but I see it. Okay, well, I have to heal that. And do you see this other wound that was caused by a wound of rejection when you were a child? Yeah, well, I have to heal that. And all of a sudden, he began to, like, heal, heal, and heal in his presence. And, I, yeah, I had to stretch. 
believe me, okay, I'm a pastor, but I also have to do the work. Doesn't, it's not like because I'm a pastor, I'm better than you. No, no, no. We're all human beings in need of his grace. We're all human beings in need of stretching and in need of growing. And I said, I'm tired of being in this pit. Anxiety, depression, fear, dark. No, no, I, I know there's more for me, and I'm going to get it. So when I preach about prevailing prayer, I don't preach about something I read in a book. I don't preach about something that, you know, like, oh, I know about all the Bible, the heroes of the faith that did it, so I should do it. No, I preach about it because it works. Like I was in a dungeon, and now I get to experience the liberating freedom and amazing, empowered life of the Spirit. So I know it works. And if it works for me, it will work for you. But we got to stretch. We got to stretch. We get hurt, and we got to learn to forgive. All of us, things have, done, have been done to us that have caused us a lot of this. And we've got to let go. And it's time to stretch and get it. And then the next thing that the scripture says, it says, do not hold back. Do not hold back. And, you know, Joseph didn't hold back in prison. He began to interpret the dreams of all the people that came to prison. He began to serve people. And that's how he got to where he got. He didn't hold back. But a lot of us are like the invalid who for 38 years laid down on a mat. And, you know, he's like laying on a mat for 38 years by the pool of Bethesda, the pool of mercy where, you know, you get your healing. And all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he looks at the guy and says, oh, do you want to be healed? And after 38 years you would probably, you know, hear this guy say, yes, of course I want to be healing. Like, why do you think I'm here, you know, for 38 years trying to get healed? Like, but no, 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 that's not the answer we hear. The answer we hear is like, oh, but I don't have anybody to help me get into the pool. Like, do you know who's standing right there next to you? Like Jesus, the healer. What do you mean you don't have anybody to help you? But no, you know, sometimes excuses, excuses, we hold back. And as a pastor, I've heard so many excuses in my own ministry. It's just unbelievable. We love excuses. I'll never forget the time when I was co-pastoring with my husband in Kentucky. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we had this lady who was supposed to do children's church that Sunday, and she didn't show up. So guess who had to do it? Well, me, of course. <laughs> and then, so I, was, I stepped in. But after the service, I'm like, well, she didn't text me. She didn't tell me anything. Like, what happened? I was so concerned. So I called her and I said, is everything okay? Oh, you will never believe what happened. No, I, until you tell me, I, I don't know what happened. So what happened? Oh, you know, I got up early um, to go help my daughter get dressed that, this morning. And when I went to her bedroom, I opened the closet and, man, the, the hanging bar, it broke. And all the clothes fell on the floor. And then she didn't have anything to wear, so we couldn't come to church. Um, like, really? Like you, like, like, you couldn't pick up one of the clothes that fell on the floor and put it on her and come to church? But, of course, as a pastor, I was more empathetic than that. And so I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, I hope she's not still naked, you know. <laughs> like, please. But excuses. Excuses, like we are the masters of excuses. If we are too old, well, you know what? We're just too tired and we don't have the same energy we used to, so let the young people do it. And the young people are like, well, we just don't have the experience. We don't have the knowledge, so let the middle-aged people do it. And the middle-aged people are like, well, we just don't have the time because we're so busy all the time. And so let, let who else? Like, come on, do you see? Like, excuses. 
If you're still here, it's never too early to begin serving God and it's never too late to stop because you still have a purpose to fulfill. And God is calling you and saying, hey, I still got something for you. You're still here and you have a purpose to do. And, 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 and just allow me, allow me to come and strengthen you and give you what you got because he's not finished with us yet. And he's, we got a purpose to fulfill. The next thing that it says is don't hold back and then lengthen. Lengthen. And uh, some of us, you know, like to live right here because that's what our culture tells us. We got to go this way. But God is like, no, no, no. That's not how it works in spiritual things. I want you to lengthen. I want you to go this way. I want you to lengthen your capacity to love the stranger. Those who come in now on Wednesday nights, I, I want you to lengthen because they got to find room in your heart before they find room in the church. You got to lengthen. You got to lengthen your capacity to forgive those who have hurt you. You've got to lengthen your capacity to trust me in the difficult times. You've got to go this way. You've got to lengthen. And so some of us are kind of like living this constrictive, restrictive, legalistic Christianity, and we're holding tight to things, and no wonder we get angry all the time because it's like, no, like this is mine. And God is like, no, no, hello, like it's mine. <laughs> you got to loosen your buckle. You got to loosen your grip, and you got to go this way. You got to lengthen. I never forget the story of a, of a rich man who, you know, he was dying. So right before he died, he said to his wife, please pack up all my money, put it in a bag, and hang it in the attic so that when my spirit is cut up to heaven, I will grab the money and take it with me. Okay, all right. So, you know, the men died. And right after the funeral, the wife did exactly what he requested. And the wife raced like she ran to the attic to see if the money was still there and she was so surprised when she found the money still there and said oh I knew I should have put it in the basement <laughs> but you learn you know we hold to things so tightly we hold to things so tightly that sometimes it's like that's what happens we don't recognize we can't take it with us so we might as well give it give room to God to multiply it and we got to loosen up. We got to lengthen. Finally, the Lord says, the last thing I want you to do is strengthen. Strengthen. You got to strengthen those muscles. Because when the crisis hits, you will not be ready to face it. You got to strengthen. You've got to do this work. And this is perhaps the hardest one. Because it requires daily commitment to strengthening. Okay, that's how we do it, church. And it's not just, oh, we know one hour on Sunday morning. That won't do it. That won't do it because the pit is coming and you need the power of the Holy Spirit to face them and get out. Hey, God, you got to do this. You got to do this. So here's a few things that I would recommend and that I would suggest that we do it all together. Come on Wednesday night. Come to prayer meeting. Because we need the soldiers and the army of the Lord for the end time harvest. There's people waiting and the church is on a mission to rescue the lost, to heal the sick, and to mend the brokenhearted. And we got to be strengthening. We got to be praying. Because prayer is the first weapon that is at our disposal against the schemes of the enemy. And we've got to be strengthening. When I visited the church in Colombia, um, one of the largest churches of the Nazarene, spreading like so fast. I think they have like 17 or 18,000 people um, right now. We got to attend one of their prayer meetings at 4.30 in the morning. Now, if you know something about Colombia, this is a place where there's insecurity, where there is guerrillas like trying to shoot your, people, your kids' lives. And there's a place of darkness and drug addiction. 
And the church is on the move, and it's growing, and it's growing. Why? Because they're strengthening every single day. They're at 4.30 in the morning praying and saying, God, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble. But part of the problem is that our lives are like this, and we got too much and no room for God. And so we first have to decide what we're going to do because this has to go together. Make room for God and begin to strengthen. And that's how you live out into the purpose that God has designed for you to live into. We got to strengthen. The second thing is join a discipleship group. So I'm so thrilled to hear how Pastor Josh has developed this program. And so many of us have, have become a part of the discipleship group. But there's a lot more of you that haven't. And so there's a lot more room for us to grow in this area. And if you want to continue to stretch... And lengthen, you've got to be in community. You've got to be living life together. Don't isolate yourself. That's how we stretch together and grow. And finally, become the hands and the feet of Jesus in this dark world through our partnerships with the school or through fortitude or whatever it is that the Lord places in your heart. We got to flow. We got to flow in the spirit and allow, allow this whole community. You know, like I, I, I had a, a vision the other day and it's like this whole church packed, packed with individuals searching and looking for Christ for a purpose, for meaning in life. And we got the keys of the kingdom church. We got to turn it and allow the Holy Spirit to break loose. And that is how we're going to do this. And he's calling all of us. He's not calling me. He's not calling your senior pastor. He's not calling the pastors only. He wants you because he has a purpose for you. And you, you, you're so valuable to him. And he wants to use you in this task. It is a corporate mission. The great commission is for each one of us. Oh, man, but we got to strengthen. And this is the fun, fun part. We get to do this every single day. So I'm going to ask you now to, to stand, and I want you to think about the ways in which the Lord has been speaking to you this morning. Because the truth is that God is, is right here today, and he's saying, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't want you to be down. I want you to sing. I don't want you to pull back. I want you to enlarge. I don't want you to hold back. I want you to press in. I don't want you to tighten up. I want you to loosen up and to lengthen. And I don't want you to be weak. I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong. I want you to know the power of the resurrection that can set you free. Because that is why I came. I came to set you free from anything the enemy has sought to destroy you and to kill and, and to throw against you, to bring you down through fear and anxiety and depression. And he's like, I got more? Ha, there's a lot more. There's a lot more, but you gotta reach it. You got to reach and get it. And you know, when you get to this point of strengthening, you, you don't stop stretching. <laughs> you don't stop. But now it goes this way. You got to go down. You got to go down and deeper, deeper every day, deeper in him. And so this morning with, uh, with eyes closed, I'm going to just ask you to consider which ways is the Lord showing you that you have to enlarge to live into the purpose for which he has created you. In which ways do you have to, to lengthen, to stretch, to strengthen, and to not hold back anything from him? Father, I recognize that in a group of this size, Lord, we, some of us, Lord, are in a pit. Some of us, Lord, are in a prison, in a dungeon, in a cell, Lord. And we need your freedom here this morning, God. We need, Father God, your Holy Spirit to set us free, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, we know that you, Father God, have the power, Lord, to do with the greatness, the vastness of your mercy and grace is imaginable, Lord. And so, Father God, I pray, Father God, that you will open our eyes, open our hearts today, God, to receive what you have to give us, Lord. So the Spirit speaks to you. Maybe you're like, yes, I want this kind of freedom. I want to live into my purpose. I'm not going to let the enemy hold me back any longer. I'm not going to let the enemy get to hinder me from fulfilling my God-given destiny. And you're like, yeah, I want this freedom and I want healing, but I have walked away from Christ. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus is the source of healing. Jesus is the source of freedom. And so that's where you have to start. You have to recommit your life to him. You have to enter into a relationship with him. And he will give you everything else. You got to give the first step. He will give the other ones to meet you, but you got to give the first one. So if that's you this morning and you said, yes, I have walked away and I need to enter and, and recommit my life to him. Why don't you raise your hand? I'm going to pray a special blessing upon you. And, and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to see you, to meet you right where you are. As you recommit your life to him, as you enter and re-enter into this relationship with him. Father, you see the hands, Lord. And Father, you know, God, you know where each one of us are, God, in our walk with you. So we pray, Father God, right now that the Holy Spirit will, will invite us into your presence, break our chains, set us free, and allow this, this heart to breathe once again, Lord. The heart to breathe, Father God, with all the blessings that you have purchased for us. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray this blessing, Lord, not only upon the individuals who have raised their hands, but on each one of us, Lord, who want to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. Bring us to that place and position of authority, Lord, in the spiritual realm, so that we may be victorious in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I've heard Pastor Cindy talk to us about what our church is doing and the way he's using us in our community. And we've been challenged by Pastor Simone to enlarge, to strengthen, and to sing. And so before we leave today, let's sing together. It's one that we opened the service with earlier today. It just says, our God is greater. Would you sing that with me? Our God is greater.